welcome back to Spectrum Talk. I'm your host, Ruby Jones, and I'm here today with Brianna Buckley and Saiku Laidlow from the Tony Award-winning theatrical production, Clyde's. Written by Pulitzer Prize winner, Lynn Nottage, Clyde's will play at the Denver Center for Performing Arts Kilstrom Theater from October 27th to November 26th. I can't wait to see the production and I'm excited to speak with my guests, Brianna, who plays Clyde and Seku, who plays Montrellis. Thank you both for joining me. Yeah, Thank you for us. having us, yeah. Of course. Brianna, we'll start with you. You play the leading role of Clyde. And since the production is named for your character, tell me, in your words, what is this play about? <laughs> That's really funny. Um, I think there's a lot of things. Although I will say, although the play is named after Clyde, I think it's because of the space in which they're in and that she has control over it. But I personally think that um, the show would absolutely not exist if the other four people did not exist. It is fully an ensemble show. Um, I think a lot of what happens on stage, like Clyde truthfully has a, a backstory that exists outside of what you see, right? A lot of the truth, her fullness, um, I think exists outside of the world that you're able to experience. And so what you do get to experience are through these other characters. And then you see her drop in and how she shifts things and shakes things up. But it is absolutely <laughs> the show of, of them <laughs> and how, how her energy kind of, um, of, of impacts them. And for me, yeah. So is the production comical or more serious or a mixture of both? I think it's like life, which tends to be both. Um, and in my mind, um, it is, you know, a comedy with, it's stated as a comedy, right? Because it has that levity. Um, I think that's needed in order to grasp the concept. But I personally think it's just like life where you have the ups and downs, but you get to laugh, but you also are like, damn, that's a harsh moment or like, ooh, heartfelt. But then you're like, ooh, okay, <laughs> we can shake out of that because they need it too. So now we get to, yeah. um, which is very much so like life, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think the humor is a byproduct of our choices and what we're going after. Um, and also the humor comes out of the, the need to be humorous mm -hmm. um, because there is so much pain suffering in in a way and um people need the humor in the moments where the humor mm -hmm. kind of shows up well Seku, speaking of those harsh moments and the humor um, that's needed both in life and the production what are some of the themes that clyde's explores um it explores the theme of hope and what it means to hope in the face of adversity um, in verse of, of our past um, emotional challenges and, and how to navigate that without giving in to um, kind of all of the different impediments and challenges that <clears throat> become overwhelming. Um, and I think um, the fact that they need each other is um, significant, significant, just in terms of of keeping that hope alive. I think that that's how they keep hope alive in community. If they didn't have each other, it would be hopeless. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, people are coming together with different perspectives, and and that kind of uh, support lends itself to 
to hope in the context that they're in and what they're fighting against because they're actually out of prison but they're still mentally incarcerated in some in some ways and okay. so um they they're trying to to find their liberation um internally as well i see wow that sounds very profound that sounds deep doesn't it? <laughs> i i you know I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing it and kind of how that ensemble works with all of those different components and people going through um, similar challenges, but in different ways. So that'll yeah. be great to see on stage. I would love to know from both of you, what is your favorite part of the production? <laughs> oh man. I feel like I need to get further in to be like, this is my favorite. Cause right yeah. now there's just so many. Um, well, I will say, I, I think for me right now, um, the ensemble has been one of my favorite parts and not just like ensemble, as far as cast, but like the director, the <laughs> Madam stage team, uh, or stage management, as we like to call them. Um, and so I think that has been a really great ensemble building base to even get to the point that we're able to trust each other to tell the story in the way in which we do. So, so far, that's been my favorite. Hopefully it stays that way. No, it will. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. Yeah, you know, mine, I, I have a couple of them just in terms of as a person, as an actor, and not as Montrellis. Sure. Um, it's definitely the ensemble and my my castmates and the director are very open and collaborative. Mm. And I don't take that for granted, having been in, been in this business for a while, that it is not always that way. It's sometimes it's, it functions as a dictatorship. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and so just to be able to collaborate and share our ideas and have that show up in the in the work um, is the reason we do this thing. Mm -hmm. is is a big part of why we do it. Is because we we are able to bring value to um, a piece of art that can have influence and impact on people in a significant way yeah. um, and our own personal perspective. So I, that, I think that's my number one. Yeah, I think too, additively on top of that, right? Outside of just the structure that you see in theater, we've also gotten to speak with someone who had, um, his name was uh, Cedric. I can't remember his last mm -hmm. name at the moment, but yeah. he has been out for about 10 months or so. Yeah. And uh, which kind of speaks to another character in the story in the time span that they've been out. And that was a really um, eye-opening, inspiring, humble. vulnerable, humble, yeah, um, opportunity um, to be able to realize in real time whose stories you are taking on yes. and who you Absolutely. get to shed light on um, by doing the art that you do, right? Like, it's not about us. It's about how the impact happens outside of this, but it's also, right, I'm grateful that we got to have some impact inside of this with having that experience with Absolutely. him to be able to share that with other people. Yeah. That's a great insight. Um, I was wondering, what do each of you relate to in the production the most? Um, you know, I relate to a lot. I, I, feel, I feel blessed that the projects that I do, there's always an element of that person that's part of and relevant for my life at that particular time. And so for me in particular, the fact that Montrellis 
is an ex-con, which I don't even know if I like that word anymore. Mm, yeah. I, I think we need to. I think we need to rename that. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think it speaks to these people who who are at the the behest or the prey of the prison industrial complex. Yeah, that it's is about dehumanizing for sure. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, but the fact that uh, Montrellis was able to come out um, and be having experience talking to Cedric, I have family members that have been in the prison system. It's just how it causes you to go inward and be insulated, to always live in protection mode. And for Montrellis to do the work to be um, generous and open and loving coming out of a system that tells you to do otherwise says a lot about his integrity and his character um and 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 his value system and so um that is really compelling to me and that's something that i am trying to convey and and as much as i can and some of it is written in the text but um that's really compelling to me and i think that that's the message that i personally want to share with audiences um just in terms of the depth of humanity that we hold um, and that, that those people that are um, formerly incarcerated hold um, even after going through um, the dire circumstances that they experience. So that's mine. Thank you. Yeah, that sounds like it takes a lot of strength for sure in the real world and on stage to be able to portray that and to have to live it. Yeah. Brianna, what about you? Ooh, without giving too much away, because I think there's some things outside of this that I I would like people to see the production first and then maybe we chat about more in depth. But I know, I mean, just surface, right? Being a Black woman who is holding a Black or holding this business, right? And has so much coming at her as far as, right, one, just getting the business itself, right, has been something that you hear is brought up consistently. Um, and I don't, I mean, yes, I, I right, as as actors and things, we are a business. Um, but I also think outside of that with my mom who has a business and my girlfriend who has a business and just how much it takes even for like capital and equity and how long that takes and how you pitch something and then someone else gets it. Um, you get overlooked consistently, right? And even thinking about um, the guy who is a part of the Senate who went after affirmative action and is now going after the venture capital that supports Black women-owned businesses, right? I was just looking at an article headline about that. Just right? Before. Yeah, it's crazy. Like it's it, outside of just the everyday world. It's kind of, okay, great. Even when I'm trying to, to continue to move and continue to say, let me keep doing my grind and I want to be able to sustain on my own everything that still is like, nah, I want you to do that. Mm-hmm. Great. And how do I shift that? How do I get a part of that. And then who do I have to become sometimes to be able to get into those rooms to do that, being with those people, which I think is something that Clyde speaks to a lot in who she has to deal with and who she becomes to the folks that you see on stage. 
Um, and I think about that sometimes, right? Just the weight of what that feels like and how much that that is to hold, but how grateful I am to be able to see and witness in real time women doing that and how how hard they work on a daily, but also the vulnerability behind all of that, right? To be able to hold that. Um, and that's something that I think I really struggle with and also am proud of and also am grateful for. Um, and and also, you know, I, I see that in myself, um, trying to hold those on a daily, but also not necessarily wanting to have the title of being a strong Black woman all the time, right? Like, is that a compliment or... Do I want to just be a black woman who you gets to be sensitive? Yeah, do you construct that? that. Yeah. yeah. You no, know? and so deify that. Holding all of that and the different variants that each of these people play and who they represent in the world and what that means, all of that, all of that I say yes to. <laughs> right. Like I see that, I feel that. Um, and I want to honor that and the complexity of it. Um, but it's also nice too to be able to be un apologetically yourself on stage and be like eh, I can be a quote-unquote villain and you can't say anything about it because I run the show right that. that is liberating and I love it so much um so yeah I, I connect with all of that and even in the parts that don't necessarily resonate with me I see it in other people and that empathy alone I am happy to take on yeah well both of you have um, alluded to this already several times. Clyde's features a diverse cast um, and the characters are portraying various walks of life. And that's a story that's really befitting of our increasingly diverse society. Um, though sometimes our differences can cause challenges and we're forced to reconcile with those and overcome them. What do you want audiences to take away from Clyde's? Mm -hmm. Um, I think one thing that's kind of a default in society is we um, perceive um, in a deficit, if that makes sense. And I'll explain that, that we we should, I can't say we should, I can't tell people how they should show up, speaking for me. Um, sure. But I think there is some value and some benefit into um very basically looking at how we do connect and how we are the same um, and starting from there, because if you start from a divisive place, the gap usually just gets larger because we're always looking for ways to exclude, to condescend, to place somebody else um, in, a, in, in, a, in a lower status than we are in. And, and, and actually I think our how we define ourselves and our identity, particularly in the West is based on that metric. Mm -hmm. And I think that we should, uh, I, I think it would be helpful to, to look at how we connect and how we can make each other better and the value of doing things in community uh, and I think that that's coming out of the, still remembering the pandemic. One of the things that um, still resonates with me is like how much we actually need each other to si survive and thrive mm -hmm, and yeah. that we can't live life in isolation or we can't come up together. Um, and I think that that lens, it would help if we kind of look at the play from that lens, because there's a lot to 
there's a lot to learn from these people. Um, and it, just hearing their stories um, and understanding what they came through is alone something that adds value to to life and to our humanity. And so just kind of coming at, at, at the play with that lens or leaving, um, having planted a seed with that in mind, I think um, will honor maybe what Lynn Nottage, one of the things that she was thinking about when she was writing this down on paper, mm. you know? Yeah, I would co-sign all of that. And then additively, so all of those things take them away. Um, I would also say something that I'm recognizing being able to watch the play sometimes and not necessarily have to be in certain moments is um, the aspect, right, that we all can have a same the same path to a certain extent, right? They Every single one of these characters that you see in the show all got themselves to some point that led to them all being incarcerated, right? And then having to experience life outside of that. And so, and the differences I think in seeing where they are now and what happens at the end of the play depends on the path that they choose to take at this point. And I think that we can all take that away, right? That we need sometimes can take agency over, yes, I have this past and all of these things that come with it, but how do I then move forward? And what, even though our situation may look the same, what does it look like when my attitude shifts how I walk in this situation and then what my outcome is? Um, and I think that is something that I've really been noticing with each individual track of, of the show and something that I take away myself, right? When I'm in certain situations and I go, okay, yes, this can look like somebody else's one, right? Don't compare your circumstances to someone else, but also when you do, how can you shift your attitude so that things don't look the same way at the end of your tunnel as you say it is at someone else's? Um, and I think that's a big thing that we all can, can take away. And also it helps us humanize, I think others, and empathize a little bit more in understanding where certain people's mindsets can sometimes be in certain situations mm -hmm. where they can't go this way or that way. And this is the direction they yeah. feel they have to go, yeah. right? And then what comes from that? But how do you treat someone based on that too? Yeah. So I think all of those things can be taken away. Yeah. I'm going to add one thing to that too. You made me think about this. Um, that... I think most importantly that we do honest self-reflection mm -hmm. because we are one decision away from being in those places. Yeah. I can I can tell you hundreds of times that I could have been in that situation. Actually, and I've, I've been, I haven't been, well, I've been to court <laughs> and, and all of that stuff too back in the day. But like, we are really one decision away from being in the situations that some of these people are in and just to remember that um and not use that um to belittle people but just like remind ourselves like we're we're, we're so close um to to being in these situations mm -hmm. you know and just it goes to be back mindful. to community like yeah. we talked about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys are weaving together the empathy, the community, yeah. like you said. Yeah. Wow. 
Oh my gosh. Well, Brianna and Seku, you both have impressive answers. Um, and then you both also have an impressive list of theater, film, and television credits. Brianna, this is your DCPA debut, correct? Yes. Mm -hmm. And what are you enjoying most about this theater company? Ooh, um, I really do. Well, <laughs> I will say I was quite impressed when we walked in and our entire <laughs> set, it seems like, was set up on day one. Um, there's a lot of kitchen appliances and little things and business that needs to be done when it comes to food. Um, and so creating the space that really felt that way where we could utilize it and incorporate ourselves already into what it would feel like to be in that restaurant um, was really cool and really exciting to be able to do that. Um, I also liked who they hired because once again, I think that they did an amazing job um, and that the director did an amazing job then putting together this ensemble. I do not think that it would be the same without these people. Right. Um, I think something that is great that theater companies can do is to understand and recognize that we know the story, we can understand the story and allowing us to do that and giving it over um, in such a special way to be able to be like, yes, go go out and do that thing. Um, pick those people and I know it's gonna be great because I trust you in that. I trust that you know the story. I trust you know what it needs. Um, and I'm grateful they did that because I really, really, really don't think that this would be the same without the people that have been a part of it. Um, even when moments have been difficult, right? There's been a lot of personal life that happens or just, you know, certain things that happen. And it's really nice to be able to lean on the people that you're working with, yeah. which you don't always, no. you don't always get the opportunity to do, um, which respectfully is fine. You know, people get to respect their space, but it's nice when people kind of unzip a little bit and let the wall, wall down and allow you to come in and vice versa. Um, especially when you are doing such heavy work and trying to hold so many people. So, yeah. Well, we're yeah. glad that you're here. We, um, it sounds like you're going to be incredible on stage. And, you know, Denver loves theater, loves the arts. We're going to be starting uh, November with Denver Arts Week and everything will be just kicked off. So people will be really enthusiastic about the production, I'm sure. Uh, Seku, you studied at the Juilliard School of Drama. What can you share with other aspiring actors and actresses in terms of how your training has supported your career? Um, I think it's interesting because one of my teachers said, you know, you do all of this training and learn all these different tools, but it's going to take about 10 years before they integrate and marinate. And um, I am starting to experience that. And, and, and also the fact that um, they, my personal experience was taking risks where I had fears and insecurities and stepping out mm -hmm. and doing things that I was not emotionally and internally comfortable with. Um, and taking the risk, but also seeing the tangible benefit of that risk. Mm. And so I have experienced that myself. And as artists, um, we have to live on the edge if we want to make art that um, 
touches and transforms mm -hmm. and inspires people um, because it doesn't live in the safe space. Mm -hmm. It lives out there on the edge. And so I would say, you know, to um, when you have an impulse, a first impulse that causes you to cringe or to hold tension, to it. go, to lean into that place and to keep going after that place because there's some magic there mm -hmm. on the other side of that risk taken. Yeah, that's some great advice. I wanted to add one more thing that I completely forgot about, if that's okay. Yes, of About one of my favorite things. Um, I'm really, really, really happy to be connecting with um, the community engagement and the, um, that's right, Brittany. Yes, amazing person sitting right in front of us yes. who put this together. Um, and then as well as the outreach um, something that I was really grateful that they did is they actually, I, I was curious about some of the things that we could do about the show. And I know some of our other cast members were, especially because we deal with real food, which is really cool. Um, but you know, there's also things to that as a human perspective of using food or handling food or just having it and then saying, what's going to happen. Um, and so they were really grateful and listening to some of those concerns that we had or just questions, um, and coming in and talking to us about some of the community engagement events that they'll be having, as well as other ways that they can incorporate some of the questions that we had into those community engagement events and having more of those. Okay. Um, and I think that's really important because it's not just about the work that we do on stage, what that impact is. And so being able to do that outside of just being that character, um, is really, really great. And I, I'm also grateful that they allowed, you know, for that to happen and that conversation to happen with us. So I just wanted to add that in there. No, that does sound great, especially with a production that's so um, socially aware and mm -hmm. just like really speaks to issues that people in the community are encountering all the time. You mm -hmm. know, you never know someone's story when you yeah. meet them and the idea that DCPA and, you know, this production especially is going to be weaved throughout the community and like really giving back. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I got an e-blast from DCPA recently with the director kind of talk back and talking about his vision mm -hmm. of the production. So I'm just excited about it all around. But I'm not, I don't want to keep asking questions because then I'm going to start giving things away and you guys are going to be tempted to tell me the whole story. So <laughs> that's all the questions that I have. But I, again, cannot wait to experience Clyde's and see you both on stage. Um, I appreciate the audience for tuning into this episode of Spectrum Talk. And remember that Clyde's will be playing at Deep CPA from October 27th to November 26th. So hurry and get your tickets. And thank you so much again, Brianna and Seiku. I really appreciate you being here. Thank, thank you. you so much. Thank it's you been for a having pleasure. Us. Of course, of course. Take care. You as you well. Too.